This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and yes, I'm the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights, and it's an honor to be here today with you. Thank you for joining me, and I promise to be good company. Your time is precious, and I appreciate it, so let's jump right in. The governor's race in Virginia just concluded this past Tuesday. The close race in New Jersey is probably even more shocking to the political psyche of those Democrats. So, so what do you think? As for me, I've been running up and down the stairs in our townhouse, loudly shouting, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Happy days are here again. There comes a time in the lives of all true patriots that we need that positive feedback. We cannot be left to linger in lost despair that the pandemic's going to kill all of us. And no, I'm not talking about the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm addressing the wokeness, the woke pandemic. Our souls need the reaffirmation that we're not alone on this quest to beat back the corrupt and destructive forces of evil wokeism. The Virginia race was a sonic blast, an earthquake, Richter scale, magnitude 9.0. We're regaining our sanity, our voices, our God-given rights as parents when it comes to educating our children. Parents rule when it comes to educating our children. Parents aren't a partner with teachers and school administrators in educating our children. Parents are the essential partner in this long and concerted efforts to instill critical thinking and cultural morals necessary for every child to succeed to the best of their natural abilities. But allow me to read for you a few paragraphs from the Washington Post's assessment of what happened on Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021 in Virginia. Quote, Youngkin's victory confirms a depressing reality. Trumpism succeeds as a tactic even in the absence of Trump. Though Youngkin nominally distanced himself from Trump, he didn't mention Trump or even attend events where Trump spoke on his behalf. Nonetheless, he ran a classic Magna campaign, raising racial fears and animus among white voters by scaring them about crime and the phantom menace of critical race theory. He littered the airwaves with falsehoods and falsely implicated McAuliffe in a dark conspiracy theory involving the FBI. Can you imagine the FBI being in some dark conspiracy? Unbelievable. And back to the quote. Youngkin emphasized the Trumpian trope of election integrity and called for an audit of Virginia's voting machines, while Trump and other Youngkin surrogates told Virginians to expect fraud. And it worked. Black, Latino, and college-educated Virginians overwhelmingly supported McAuliffe, as exit polls showed. But, of course, white men without college degrees, they overwhelmingly went for Yunkin. So did Virginians who went to preserve monuments to Confederate generals. Among Yunkin's supporters, three in ten said they were not confident that their votes would be counted accurately. Among McAuliffe voters, however, such doubts barely registered. Alas, Virginia voters decided not to return Terry McAuliffe for a second non-consecutive term as governor, instead electing Republican businessman Glenn Youngkin, who ran a Trump-inspired campaign of disinformation, conspiracy theories, and race-baiting. 
Well, uh, how do you like that for factual, accurate, unbiased news reporting? According to Democrats from Joe Biden to Jill Biden to Kamala Harris, Stacey Abrams, and even former President Obama, who looks African-American, but sometimes I think he forgets to remember that his mother is 100% Caucasian. They all said critical race theory isn't taught in Virginia schools. So according to unreliable news reports, critical race theory isn't taught in Virginia public schools. Now here's a sample of those news reports. This election has become the latest to weaponize something called critical race theory. Critical race theory is kind of, it's become the new dog whistle, except you can actually hear it, so it's not really a dog whistle. Yeah, let's start there. Critical race theory, not taught in Virginia schools. But it does show that Republicans are good. It's dishonest. It's, it's not a good faith argument, but they are talented at branding. They're talented at making an election about certain issues, even if they don't have any basis in reality. One key issue for Youngkin, opposition to the teaching of critical race theory in schools. The curriculum is not taught in Virginia schools, and McAuliffe has called the tactic a racist dog whistle. What he calls critical race theory, even though it's not taught in Virginia schools. And the notion that critical race theory is being taught in Virginia classrooms. A lot of these voters, Chris, weren't able to exactly articulate what that means. A lot of them believe that critical race theory is being taught in the schools. They don't like that, but it's really not on the curriculum in Virginia. Critical race theory that is not taught in public schools in Virginia. But critical race theory is not taught in Virginia K through 12 schools. Critical race theory, as we know, isn't taught in Virginia schools. There's no evidence it's been taught in public schools. It is not taught in any Virginia high school. It's not taught in public schools. This is a post-factual error. It doesn't matter that it isn't taught in Virginia schools. It's this generalized attitude that whites are being put upon and we've got to do something about it. We being white voters. Now, what's remarkable is that there are far more liberal newsprint, social media, and television news broadcast each day in Virginia than there are conservative media outlets. Fox News and Fox News local Virginia stations were the only outlets that disagreed with these widespread anti-CRT stories put out by liberal media. Heck, even when asked by a local reporter for his definition about critical race theory, Here's what Terry McAuliffe said. So how do you define it? It, it, Anita, it is not taught here in Virginia. But how do you define it? Doesn't matter. It's not taught here in Virginia, so I'm not going to spend my time. on, On what it is. I'm not even spending my time because the school board and everyone else has come out and said it's not taught. It's racist. It's a dog whistle. But if we don't have a definition, how can we say it's racist? I just want a definition from you. It's not taught here in Virginia. We can ask about any topic. Here's what I've said all along. And it really bothers me. You know, I re- it really bothers me. This whole idea of stirring parents up to create d- divisions. Our children are going through such challenges today because of COVID. And we're talking about something here today, wasting precious viewers' time. Well, apparently, Terry, not everybody thought it was a waste of uh, precious time. Uh, by the way, early voting in Virginia lasted for 45 days. If people had any questions about CRT to begin with, They had a month and a half to to investigate it. But all these lying or simply misinformed newscasters forgot that parents had the opportunity to see CRT in real time being spoken to their children by Zoom online classes. Now, Loudoun County Public Schools suspended class, suspended in-person teaching for more than 540 days. So here's a quick clip of what people on the street had to say about their vote 
the Monday before the Tuesday of final voting. Who are you voting for tomorrow? I am voting for Glenn Youngkin tomorrow. Well, I've already voted. I voted for Glenn Youngkin. I would support uh, McAuliffe. I am hoping that Terry McAuliffe wins. Um, I worry about Glenn Youngkin and his agenda. What are the biggest issues for you? Really taxes, regulation, um, you know, things that uh, affect the economy. I think the, uh, the issue, obviously, is the big one is the schools and parenting climate, women's rights, critical race theory. Harry McAuliffe's comments on not wanting parents to be involved in their children's education, I think that's 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 really consequential and really put me off as a voter. Okay, what did you think when, when Terry McAuliffe said CRT is not being taught in the schools? I happen to know that it's not true. I hear from my friends who have students what their kids are telling them. And who do you think will win? Tomorrow, I think Glenn Youngkin's going to win. I'm excited. I know it's a super close race, and I hope everybody's going to vote. Let's face it. It's the woke Democrats. Those are the ones who introduced race through critical race theory into our schools K-12. through Denying this fact is just plain dishonest, and it's stupid. Obviously, Democrats take all parents for fools. Several years ago, the Democrat Brain Trust, they decided to use race as a wedge issue. They decided they'd introduce race as uh, the first issue in their identity politics scheme. Of course, for most of us, this move was counterintuitive since issues of race had continued to evaporate. I mean, nothing could be more symbolic of this attitude switch than mixed-race marriage and mixed-race children's and families. For, For heaven's sakes, President Obama is the product of an black African father, as black as they get, and a lily white, as white as they get mother. And no one made an issue about this racial makeup other than to say he was our first black president, when the truth of the matter is he was our first black and white president. Back in the day, the days Democrats are trying to re-evoke through those Southern Democrat KKK days, when mixed-race black was lower than an all-black individual for one reason. It meant that the mixed-race person, a mulatto, was the product of a white and black parentage, and that was a heinous sin. Yes, a mulatto is a person of mixed white and black ancestry, especially a person with one white and one black parent. So was it President Obama's white mother who bestowed white privilege on her son, allowing him to rise to the level of the presidency? But believe me when I say, it wasn't only the black community who took pride in the fact that America could elect a black-looking president. We all took pride in the fact that race didn't matter. Even a mulatto could rise to the highest office in the land. But critical race theory, that totally ignores this glaring reality. And to prove it wasn't a fluke, the nation went ahead and re-elected him to a second term. And somehow we find our children being taught that blacks are victims and oppressed and that the white among us are the oppressors. There are few things that make me angrier today than this whole bunch of malarkey about race. Here's a clip of Glenn Youngkin making his final plea to voters at 11 o'clock on Monday evening. Well, first of all, This is about parents and Terry McAuliffe wanting to put government between parents and their children. And we in Virginia have a law that says parents have a fundamental right to make decisions with regards to their kids' education. 
I stand for it. Terry's against it. It's that clear. And voters are standing up and rejecting Terry McAuliffe. And he's just running the playbook that he wrote. He's the godfather of the modern-day Democratic Party. And he doesn't know what else to do other than introduce race into this. And I'm going to be lectured by a guy on race who embraces someone who wore blackface and then asks him to leave and then gets him back and has somebody on his ticket who wore blackface. This isn't about race. This is actually about parents coming together across Virginia and standing up for their children for a quality education. And they have not felt that school boards or government has listened to them. And I'm going to stand up for parents. I'm going to stand up for kids. I'm going to stand up for teachers. And we are going to do what Virginia schools should do, which is educate our children to have a great life. Thank goodness that Glenn Youngkin convinced a clear majority of voters in the South's most prestigious Confederate state that divisive issues about race don't belong in our schools. Importantly, Glenn's victory was also a shot across the bow of the powerful teachers' unions. That shot signaled that parents have a say, an important say in their children's education. And if push comes to shove, we can do without teachers. Because you remember, parents were the first teachers. But we can't do without parents. So get on board with our team effort and stop trying to control the political lives of our children and our parents. And as for the question of whether CRT is being taught in Virginia classes, I believe after watching scores of hours of parents testifying in front of both Loudoun County and Fairfax County school boards during their open school board meetings, that they were witness to CRT being taught in their children's classrooms. The proof is in the money. Follow the money. All right, Ian Pryor, Fight for Schools. How y'all enjoying the spotlight of accountability? Now, for today's episode, I want to talk about the Equity Collaborative. You all spent, or actually we all spent, Mr. nearly Pryor, half a million dollars. Keep your mask on. Yeah, I'm trying. Nearly half a million dollars to the Equity Collaborative. This is the same Equity Collaborative in their document, Intro to Critical Race Theory, said meritocracy, liberalism, and equal opportunity for all perpetuates white power. Now, in the never-ending grift of the Equity Collaborative, we are paying them $650 an hour. Now, I've heard from Ms. Bartz and Ms. King and Mr. Ziegler that we don't do critical race theory, but I'll just go to the bills from the Equity Collaborative. Quote, coaching support for LCPS leaders, follow-up meetings focused on critical race theory development. Fight for Schools has more tips, more stories than you all have time. But we can do this all day, every day, until 2023 if necessary. Or maybe sooner. We'll see. Have a nice rest of the meeting. Allow me to explain the interruption at the beginning of the clip. Ian Pryor is making a uh, one-minute uh, speech to the uh, board there in Loudoun County. The board is sitting in a semicircle with plexiglass all around them. They're sitting some 50 to 60 feet away from him. And prior standing at a podium all by himself, nobody else is around him. This is when they had mandatory masking. And as you know, as you try to talk, your mask begins to slip down. So his mask had slipped down over his nose. And so he gets admonished that he needs to stop and, and put raise his mask up to his nose. Here's a piece of that clip. Actually, we all spent Mr. nearly Pryor, half a million dollars. Keep your mask yeah, I'm trying. Nearly half a million dollars. I tell you, there is no end to these mask Nazis. It is, it is just beyond any belief whatsoever. And of course, you heard the buzzer at the end that signified that his minute was up. 
So this is just how controlled these meetings were. I can only begin to imagine the profits the plexiglass companies made during this last 18 months. This group of uh, people on the board, they're all sitting once again at this big uh, semicircular desk, all plexiglassed in. Uh, you, you would think that uh, they, they were being protected from uh, the audience shooting paintballs at them or something. It is, the most, it is the most ridiculous setup that I've ever seen. But, oh, you got to stop that coronavirus. Well, back to the money. It costs a lot of money to hire these critical race theory consulting firms. Believe me, it's become an $8 billion business, all things considered. Loudoun County had already spent a couple of million on an equity assessment for the school district. This is the usual business model for these consulting firms. They, they administer a multi-question survey to teachers and children in class. Children must complete the survey in class. Now, not only are they not allowed to take the survey home with them, but they're often instructed not to tell their parents about the survey because they wouldn't understand and uh, that when the school gets good and ready with the results, then they're going to have a talk with the parents. Here are a few of the questions from the Panorama Education Survey on race at your particular school. You may remember the Panorama Education uh, Consulting Firm is the one that's owned by uh, A.G. Garland's stepson and the one that's of uh, considerable controversy since they hold uh, equity uh, contracts with about 25% of all the school districts in the country, which is pretty extensive. It's quite a penetration. And wondering whether or not, whether the FBI looking into parents protesting at school board meetings was going to have uh, an effect in dampening uh, complaints about CRT being taught. Uh, the answers to these uh, few questions that I've pulled out are in the category of almost never, once in a while, sometimes, frequently, almost not never. So the first question, how often do you spend time at school with students from different races, ethnicities, or cultures? Number two, how often do you have classes with students from different races, ethnicities, or cultures? Number three, how often do teachers encourage you to learn about people from different races, ethnicities, or cultures? How comfortable are you sharing your thoughts about race-related topics with other students at your school? How well does your school help students speak out against racism? How often do you think about what colleagues of different races, ethnicities, or cultures experience? At your school, how often are you encouraged to think more deeply about race-related topics? Here's a set of questions requiring answers from agree all the way to disagree. Here's the first one. The curriculum used at FCSP, SCSP, that's the Fairfax County School uh, Public Schools, should teach students how to challenge power and privilege in society. Is it important for curriculum materials to represent different races and gender identities with respect and without stereotypes? Agree or disagree, those are those questions. Teaching methods for teaching practices address race and racism as often as they should. The FCSP curriculum should give students opportunities to recognize injustices that individuals and systems create. In other words, discrimination and oppression. 
Uh, these are just a few of uh, the questions from multiple surveys that are handed out. Now you can imagine a fifth grader, a fourth grader going through these questions. These are all race related. You may have, your class may have one or two African Americans in it. It may have some Latinos in it. It may have very few, but nonetheless, they're moving forward with these kinds of questions. And you can imagine what these aggregate into. I mean, how many people sit around saying, oh, I wonder about different races and I wonder what different ethnicities are thinking. Uh, so it, it's, it, it's quite instructive. Additionally, to go ahead and spend $2 million on a survey like this, when you have declining scores in fourth and eighth grade reading and mathematics is simply unconscionable. Not to mention that these surveys are being handed out post-pandemic when everybody knows that in Loudoun County, for instance, 18 months or so school has been out of session. Nobody wants the teachers union didn't want to test, uh, you know, what uh, people were coming back with, what kind of learning they had done in that year and a half to see where the deficits were. The big challenge was right away to understand racial equity. Well, of course, these survey questions are such that the r results are really a foregone conclusion. Uh, your school district is far behind the equity curve and the consulting firm is delighted to help you come up to speed through workshops and individual training. Now the latter part of this business is what Mr. Ian Pryor of Fighting for Schools was referencing. The, the Fights for Schools parent organization obtained the billing records of the Equity Collaborative, that's the equity consulting group hired by the Loudoun County School Board. In addition to paying this firm millions of dollars Fight for Schools discovered an additional bill for hundreds of thousands of dollars at $677 an hour for CRT instruction. Now, you have to remember, this the CRT is not being taught in Virginia schools. This is everything that, that you're being told. It's the same thing for Fairfax County. Almost $5 million has been put in uh, to the Panorama uh, Education uh, Group for uh, social-emotional learning, uh, equity instruction, and really critical race theory tenants, tenants of it. Public school districts, by the way, are flush with millions upon millions upon millions of federal COVID-19 dollars from the CARES Act, and that's where all the money's uh, coming from. But where has all the money gone? Now, several savvy parents have used the Freedom of Information Act again to uncover millions and millions of dollars that have gone to CRT consulting firms for cultural assessment surveys followed by instruction, as I've said before, in social emotional learning, training, equity training, and to implement critical race theories and ideas into the classroom. Now here's a clip of one mother who is a CPA addressing the Loudoun County School Board in June of this year about that issue. My name is Kay Greenwell. Where did all the federal COVID money go? In May, you appropriated $11 million from the American Rescue Plan. In June, you received money from the Elementary and Secondary School Emergency Relief Funds, or ESSER, $2.5 million for unfinished learning and about $4 million for IDEA special ed funding. Where is all this money going, and how is it helping the kids with lost learning and mental health problems stemming from distance learning? Here are several of the voices of Loudoun County parents who got their hands on the teaching materials left by the Equity Collaborative for teachers. These materials were used during on-site equity training. 
Because of this board, excellence is being replaced with mediocrity in the name of equity. Safety is being sacrificed to irrational fear. Science is being ignored in favor of trendy social causes. And justice is taking the back seat to racial essentialism. The reason that the recall petitions against this many of these school board members are moving ahead so quickly is fairly obvious. Nearly everyone knows that this board is hurting kids. This is not only malfeasance. In my view, it is child abuse. Um, I wake up every morning nervous that there'll be an announcement from LCPS that schools will be closed or hybrid again. Everyone, I get it, Every time I get an email from LCPS, I'm almost too nervous to open it because it rarely has any good news. You've spent millions on polarizing critical race theory training that demeans our teachers and staff. Training documents uncovered this summer. It was stated that teachers were second mothers and that their job was to inculcate morals to their students while the parents' job was to respect and support the teacher. LCPS teaches that white children are oppressors, persons of color are the oppressed, that Dr. Seuss and Mark Twain are offensive, but pornography violating the very sexual harassment codes that are discussed in, um, are okay to discuss in, in book clubs. That faith is for the weak. Anonymously reporting someone who has no opportunity to face their accuser is acceptable. And that we need not worry about individual accomplishments because we are all guaranteed equal outcomes. Hi, I'm Rob Reinish. I have uh, one son in uh, Loudoun County school system. Another accepted to private school this year. Now, you didn't expect the Loudoun County School Board to take all of these um, criticisms lying down, did you? Here's a, a short clip from somebody who's going to begin to introduce what we call the pushback. Well, we were put on the original hit list um, in March. Explain that to me. What's the original hit list? They wanted to find out where we live, so they had um, people taking pictures of our home. Um, they wanted to find out where we worked, where our spouses worked. They were going to target us. They were going to send mailers to our neighbors um, calling us racist. They were going to try and get us um, identified with our, our employers ruin our, our businesses. Um, my husband's cell phone was hacked. My computer was hacked. It was They just, just are trying to silence you. They do not want you to speak out. They specifically sent out a message saying that they were going to silence the opposition. Who is they? Do you know who this is? That was part of a group of the um, called the Anti-Racist Parents of Loudoun County, of which six school board members were members, as well as the Commonwealth's attorney. And the Commonwealth's attorney later went on when they were trying to identify who our children were, they wanted to go after our children's Facebook or our children's Instagram and Twitter and TikTok accounts to find out if they had done anything wrong so that they could ruin their lives because they had such awful parents that would actually stand up for them. And my whole thing for this is to the attorney general who last week said numerous times that going after someone online and harassing them and threatening them and intimidating them online is a crime when it's done to a government official. Mr. Garland, where were you when we were being targeted? I can't begin to tell you how dismayed I was when I heard that because your outrage going one way is political. Well, it's time to take a break, but don't go away. We're just getting started. We'll be here, hurry back. I wanna give you an update on Healthy Cell Focus and Recall Supplement. This is important. I'm about ready to take one now. It's the morning. I am in a flurry of activities. I have to get this report filed with America Out Loud Talk Radio. And this are, these are gel-based vitamin supplements. Focus and Recall has uh, six major domains. First is focus and neurotransmitters. 
with L-threonine, glycine, and L-tyrosine, uh, recall mental speed and rapid learning, alpha-lipoic acid, and phosphatidylserine, brain flow and support, curcumin and taurine, green coffee bean extract, brain cell, oxidative, uh, antioxidative activity, lutein, black pepper, uh, fruit and extract, and lastly, cognitive fuel, brain energy, omega-3, 6, and 9, MCT oil, vitamin B6, and B12. Now, is it proven that these can improve uh, your memory and make a significant uh, impact in your overall mental function? I have to tell you, that's really up to you to give it a try. But I can tell you right now, I am not going to gamble without taking a healthy cell today. These are wonderful products. There's no downside to them. Uh, go to HealthyCell.com and put in the promotional box out loud to get 20% off your next purchase of Healthy Cell products. So let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com It's a fight for the soul of humanity. And welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Let me ask you, do you consider yourself a dog? A, yes, a dog, a, a four, four-legged creature also known as man's best friend. Uh, you know, a dog. It's become the new dog whistle, except you can actually hear it, so it's not really a dog whistle. The tactic, a racist dog whistle. He's ending his campaign on a racist dog whistle, just like he started the campaign when he talks about election integrity. Uh, we know dog whistles when we hear them. This is a dog whistle to divide people. You've got to be able to respond to what I think is uh, dog whistling uh, on education. I think all the CRT stuff is trumped up dog whistling. Dog whistling? <laughs> Hilarious. Dog whistling. If this pathetic mantra wasn't so plainly stupid, I'd be insulted. I'd actually be angry. So the next time someone tells you CRT is a dog whistle, go ahead and confront them with this question. Are you calling me a dog? That should put them off for a minute or two. Do you want to know who won and won big this past Tuesday in Virginia? Let me share with you the following and see if you think the same as I do as to who won in the Virginia election. As we stepped off to go to break, I was introducing the pushback the Loudoun County School Board put on parents. The school board formed a Facebook group called the Anti-Racist Parents Group, and they netted about 600 members. Six of the nine school board members were in this group. Now, they aggressively identified each and every parent who showed up at the school board meeting and then allegedly set out to harm them via every creative way possible. This included allegedly hacking their email accounts, openly displaying hostilities toward them in public, threatening to harm them, calling their employers complaining about them as parents attacking the school board, alleging they were unstable, and on and on. Now, the alleged leader of this group was Beth Bart, the, cha the chair of the board, who recently resigned because she was under court pressure to go to trial for this kind of behavior. 
The board also took punitive measures during open school board meetings to make it difficult for parents to state their concerns to the board at open meetings. After the June 22nd meeting, the, uh, where parents uh, openly cheered after each parent went to the microphone to lodge their concerns, the school board decided to restrict entrance to the school board meetings. Now, they just thought all that cheering and clapping was unruly. So, in a massive auditorium-style room, with, with the board members seated on a raised platform in a semi-crescent arrangement, they allowed one parent in the auditorium at a time. And this is a huge room. I mean, it looked like something out of uh, Space Odyssey. There's a single microphone attached to a podium uh, toward the back of the room with approximately two to 300 feet away from the board members. I mean, they just look like little dots up there. Each parent was allowed into the room one at a time and they were escorted by a police officer. Uh, the parent wasn't allowed to bring their person or a bag or a cell phone or notes or anything other than their person. Uh, that includes drinks, anything like that. Now, to ensure this uh, th didn't happen, uh, scheduled speakers had to sign up in advance to speak. They were body searched before being let into the room. Now, speakers got 60 seconds to say their piece, and then the buzzer sounded and the microphone went dead. The parent was immediately escorted out, and the next speaker was escorted in. The entire evening appeared as some fascist event where the trains and the buses all ran on time, and the parents were just uh, cogs at a clock-driven machine. To add insult to injury, parents weren't allowed to gather in the foyer outside of the main auditorium and on the indoors. They had to remain outside in the heat and often in the rain. Uh, with a sizable police presence, it was really clear that any disturbance, any pushback, any inkling of any feedback or whatsoever pushback, any kind of questioning was going to lead to an immediate arrest for disorderly conduct. Now, here's a clip from last Tuesday's Fox and Friends. It's of a mother uh, talking about the immediate hostility of neighbors who supported the woke school board. The backlash, wow, where do I start? <laughs> First, it was my neighbor flipping me off when I was filming about- You were being interviewed by Fox. That's correct, on my front porch about critical race theory. Um, then I was walking to the bus stop just about two weeks ago and she verbally assaulted me and called me a racist, said F you, flipped me the bird again, screaming at me, telling me that I never to call her a good friend again or she'll sue me. I mean, just horrific experience. Why is she so angry with you? She's angry because I started to speak up. We were friends. We were friends for years. And as soon as I decided to stand up for what I believe in and take a stand, then she had a problem with me. What do you believe in? What's your stance? Well, I, I want to fight for my children. I want them to ha be able to go to school five days a, a week in person. I want them to have a good curriculum that teaches them how to think and not what to think. Mm -hmm. I want um, non-inappropriate books in the schools. Well, I, I want to fight for my children. I want them to ha be able to go to school five days a, a week in person. I want them to have a good curriculum that teaches them how to think and not what to think. Mm -hmm. I want um, non-inappropriate books in the schools. And now I have to worry about their safety. This is a classic exchange. When you have a friend who's been a friend for some time, when that friend confronts you with whether you've been vaccinated 
and you hesitate to answer or you say no, well, what happens? I can tell you I've heard from scores of folks who find their friends are no longer their friends, instantaneously no longer their friends. They have a very strong opinion about this. They turn on them in a flash. They're often terribly misinformed or not informed at all, but they're all hardcore hardasses. There's no discussion. There's no exploring of attitudes. There's no exchanging of information or perspectives. Our world has become black or white. You're either a true believer or you're a heretic worthy of verbal stoning. Conservatives, I don't think they treat each other this way. I mean, I'm speaking from 72 years of really hardcore uh, verbal experiences. Perhaps we're just genetically curious to, to understand the other person, but frankly, I'm, I'm still shocked how incredibly incurious progressives are. And they're all 100 percenters. If you agree with 95% of what they're preaching, that, that just doesn't make the grade. You're out and don't bother coming back. Well, move it along. Remember uh, those funds we heard about in the first part of the show? All those millions of dollars coming into school boards and school districts because of all the uh, care relief that was coming out of the Biden administration. Millions upon millions of dollars for, for anything they wanted to use it for, practically. Now, Loudoun County has spent several million millions of dollars buying equity and critical race theory services from a firm called the Equity Collaborative, which is a California-based CRT consulting firm. Moreover, two counties, Loudoun and Fairfax, have spent in excess of $9.5 million on racial equity assessments, equity training, instruction in social-emotional learning, and critical race theory from two of the nation's largest critical race theory consulting firms. Now, I invite you to go to one of these firms' websites. It's called the Equity Collaborative Firm. It's all one word, theequitycollaborative.com. Uh, all one word, theequitycollaborative.com. It'll take you right there. Let me read straight from the opening lines of their website. Quote, CRT analyzes the role of race and racism in perpetuating social disparities between dominant and marginalized racial groups. CRT's purpose is to unearth what is taken for granted when analyzing race and privilege, as well as the profound patterns of exclusion that exist in U.S. society. Now, here's the Equity Collaborative's value proposition I'm going to read to you. In other words, these are the abilities the Equity Collaborative will help a school district with. The first is counter-storytelling. Counter-stories are a resource that both expose and critique the dominant, in other words, male, white, heterosexual ideology, which perpetuates stereo, uh, racial stereotypes. Counter-stories are personal, composite stories or narratives of people of color. Well, of course, let's talk about the permanence of racism. The permanence of racism suggests that racism controls the political, social, and economic realms of U.S. society. In CRT, racism is seen as an inherent part of American civilization, privileging white individuals over people of color in most areas of life, including education. Whiteness as a property. Well, we should talk about that. Whiteness as a property. Due to the embedded racism in American society, whiteness can be considered a property interest. As a result, 
this notion operates on different levels. These include the right of possession, the right to use and enjoyment, the right to disposition, and the right of exclusion. Interest convergence is the notion that whites will allow and support racial justice and progress to the extent that there is something positive in it for them, or a convergence between the interests of whites and people of color. This tenet acknowledges white individuals as being the primary beneficiaries of civil rights legislation. Now, early civil rights legislation provided only basic rights to African Americans and other people of color. These rights had been enjoyed by white individuals for centuries. Now, I want you to know I'm reading this right off of their website, uh, slide per slide. It goes on, these civil rights gains were in effect superficial opportunities because they were basic tenets of U.S. democracy. Now, in Critique of Liberalism, the critique of liberalism stems from the idea of colored blindness and the neutrality of law, incremental change, and equal opportunity for all. The critique of liberalism allows whites to feel consciously irresponsible for the hardships of people of color and the hardships they encounter daily and also maintains whites' power and strongholds within society. The critique of liberalism goes on to say that the idea of meritocracy allows the empowered, the status quo, to feel good and have a clear conscience. Many would ask why the powerful would not have a clear conscience since they maintain a majority of wealth and power in society. Well, the powerful maintain power and only relinquish portions of it when they have nothing to lose. Furthermore, they receive platitudes and compliments when they do choose to dole out some portions of their power. Now here are some questions for you to consider. How might you use CRT to identify and address systemic oppression in your school or school district or your organization? Think of an equity change that you'd love to see realized. In what ways does the critique of liberalism help you think about what change is difficult to achieve? What are some of the things that come to mind when you consider the idea of whiteness as property? How confident are you in your own racial identity? Well, that's all I'm going to read off that website. Right up front, right on the website, this is, of course, the organization that Loudoun County paid well over $2.5 million to to do their non-CRT training because CRT is not used or taught in Virginia schools. Same business goes on in Fairfax if you want to trace what goes on there. Let's talk for a moment about school books. Both Loudon and Fairfax parents took a stand over these types of books in their school libraries uh, when they began buying and stocking on library shelves and these books began being read to kindergartners and first, first graders. I mean, here's, here's a list of just some of them. The first book is called A is for Activist. It reads, Advocate, Abolitionist, Ally, Actively Answering a Call to Action. Are you an activist? B is for Banner, Bobbing in the Sky, Blowing in the Breeze because you're not that shy. C is for Co-op, Cooperating Cultures, Create Counter to Corporate Vultures. Oh, and cans you can find the cats? Little d is for democracy. More than voting, you'll agree. Dictator detested. Donkeys don't get it. But you and me, we demand equality. Equal rights, black, brown, or white. 
Every place we live and play, environmental justice is the way. Our next book is called Woke Baby. Woke Baby, up before the sun smiles, eyes open. Look at your fist, fingers curled, into a panther's paw, pointing up, 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 reaching for justice. Look at each toe, wiggling hello in the sky. There is no glass ceiling. There is no one to tell you you know. Woke babies are up early. Woke babies raise their fist in the air. Woke babies cry out for justice. Woke babies grow up to change the world. The next book is called Anti-Racist Baby. Anti-Racist Baby is bred, not born. Anti-Racist Baby is raised to make society transform. Babies are taught to be racist or anti-racist. There is no neutrality. Take these nine steps to make equality a, a reality. Number one, open your eyes to all skin colors. Anti-racist babies learn all the colors, not because race is true. If you claim to be colorblind, you deny what's right in front of you. Number two, use your words to talk about race. No one will see racism if we only stay silent. If we don't name racism, it won't stop being so violent. I'm just going to read you a list of other titles that are showing up in the library. Pink is for boys. You can imagine what that's about. If it feels good to be yourself, a book about gender identity. This is for children ages 4 to 8. Julian is a mermaid, uh, ages 4 to 8. Rainbow, a first book of pride, ages 3 to 5. The hips on the dragon queen go swish, swish, swish. Uh, that's uh, ages 4 to 8. Heather has two mommies. Uh, that's for children 3 to 7. Mommy, Mama, and Me. That's for children 3 to 7. Daddy, Papa, and Me. An obvious uh, para uh, parallel, uh, ages 3 to 7. A Gender Queer, a memoir. How nice. Lawn Boy. Beyond the Gender Binary. That's for children uh, 12 through 17. We're getting up there now. A Gender Identity Workbook for Teens. Uh, the Queer and Transgender Resilient Workbook. Skills for Navigating Sexual Orientation and Gender Expression. That's in paperback now. These are just a few of the books that began showing up on elementary, middle, and high school bookshelves. Many of these books were also read by teachers to students. Equity and Equality in Kindergarten. R really? Woke babies are activist babies? <laughs> really? Uh, perhaps I'm a bit too traditional. I'm still into Goodnight Moon and some of the other early readers. There was a very controversial series of statements made by Terry McAuliffe in the second debate with Glenn Youngkin. Now, many pundits believe McAuliffe's line about his thinking that parents don't belong in the decisions about their children's education. Well, many believe that that was the line that did him in. But there was also a very important point that was missed in this exchange. It had to do with McAuliffe twice vetoing a law in 2015 that would have allowed parents to review that the types of books stocked in school libraries and books used for certain English literature classes and books read to kindergartners and first graders. The law had nothing to do with decisions about teaching materials or books per se.
It did not give parents any say in which Spanish language books or math books or history books or any of the traditional books teachers use and are purchased school district-wide to teach to the district's grade-level curricula. But back in 2015, while McAuliffe was governor, parents began noticing their children's reading assignments included books that many would consider smut or pornographic. What was underway was that the progressive teachers unions, in support of the LBGTQ activists, they began ordering books on sexual orientation and gender identity ideology. Parents believed that these subjects belonged to parents and not to the school district. These had to do with morals, ethics, and they crossed over directly into religion. But with the teachers' union support, McAuliffe vetoed the bill twice, and that would have helped parents police these materials. And with teacher union lobbying, the legislature upheld McAuliffe's vetoes. Now, in 2021, he's been recrafting the lie that he was somehow protecting teacher prerogatives on teaching materials and keeping busybody parents out of school curricula. Now, here's a clip of Chuck Todd on Meet the Press asking the former governor about this. Parents had to write to veto bills, veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledge about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decision. You vetoed it. So, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. So, Governor, what about that that you feel as if you were taken out of context? Do you feel as if everything you said there should reassure parents that they have some say in their kids' schooling? Listen, that was about a bill I vetoed, which people were very happy that I vetoed the bill, that literally parents could take books out of the curriculum. You know, I love Billy and Jack McCall of my parents, but they should not have been picking my math or science book. We have experts who actually do that. And look what happened. He is closing his campaign on banning books. It's created a controversy all over the country. Yes, it did. It did indeed uh, cause a controversy all over the country, all right. Here's a clip from a Loudoun County Open School Board meeting. Several parents got up, one at a time, and read excerpts from books aside to their daughters for classwork. Now, the board meeting was held on June 22nd before the school board closed down the open format and went to a one-at-a-time, a highly guarded, into-the-building approach uh, with parents. By the way, these are all parents reading this, and I've not included everything. I've just picked out several of the readings, and I've tried to bleep out the uh, parts that need to be bleeped out. See what you think. Jasper wasn't even my boyfriend, just this dude I did some hacking with once in a while. He was pretty basic library systems, low security Not in my league at all, but he had a big and sometimes a girl just needs a big Her top lip curled up. Wait a minute, is that what's really going on? She did your homework and you ate her Is that why you're crying? It's okay, it's cool. This is what girls do at parties. I told myself and kept dancing with the boy. I couldn't see the alcohol making my waist wind faster. If this is inappropriate for me to read to you, this is inappropriate for our children. How much did the billion dollar porn industry contribute to LCPS? My question is now, are you going to use the whole language approach to coincide with this vile reading and teach pole dancing in PE? 
lot of the ladies from my group, they talked about fucking, they talked about dick sucking, they talked about coochie licking. By show of hands, does anyone up here want to talk about that stuff now? Not a single hand, because it's very uncomfortable and we're in a room full of adults. Nobody outside, nobody inside wants to talk about it because they're not acceptable topics. How did we get these un unacceptable topics? Well, one, you didn't follow your procurement policies when you bought $1.8 million worth of these trash books. If you had followed your procurement policies, then you would have done a curriculum review where I hope and pray that at least the majority of you would have said, no, we can't read this trash to our kids. Your own code of conduct says that this is sexual harassment. We know it because all of us would be fired from our day jobs if we said this crap at work. This is the definition of a hostile work environment. My kids don't go to your crap schools, but theirs do, and they are filing these harassment suits on their behalf. Thank you for not doing your jobs. As a parent, it's tough to catch everything. So when my son showed me his reading assignment, my heart sunk. It was some of the most explicit material you can imagine. I met with lawmakers. They couldn't believe what I was showing them. Their faces turned bright red with embarrassment. They passed bills requiring schools to notify parents when explicit content was assigned. It was bipartisan. It gave parents a say, the option to choose an alternative for my children. I was so grateful. But then Governor Terry McAuliffe vetoed it twice. He doesn't think parents should have a say. He said that. He shut us out. Well, isn't freedom of information petitions, aren't they great? This is how Fight for Schools got their hands on this information. 1.8 million dollars of smut 1.8 million dollars of smut for an entire school district can you believe this and yes this is the same school board the same woke school board that covered up the rape of a 14 year old girl while she was in the girls only restroom yes she was raped it's no longer alleged because the gender fluid boy has been convicted yes she was raped by the so-called gender-fluid individual who decided he was a girl on the day he entered the girls-only restroom. Girls only, women's only, female only. All these terms are oxymoronic phrases. There's no such thing any longer as a female-only facility. Loudoun County Superintendent, along with the very gender-woke school board, were hell-bent to pass Policy 8040. This policy which the gender-woke school board believed was a model policy to protect the two-score alleged gender students among 88,000 students would have met a public meltdown had this information gone public about this rape. So instead of protecting the 88,000 other students and double that number of parents from this rapist, they simply transferred him to another school in the district where he quickly assaulted sexually assaulted another female student. Well, our time is short. Let me leave you today with this clip of Nancy Pelosi taking credit as the party of parents, the party of children. She's about to pass the largest social welfare dependency enslaving bill in American history. More on this next week, but here's the clip. This is the greatest monumental historic piece of legislation uh, that any of us have will ever be a part of it. And I say that with great proprietary ownership of the Affordable Care Act, which was magnificent and is. 
but this contains that and so much uh, strengthening that and so much more. So if this isn't in or that isn't that because it's reconciliation, we can save some of that for another day when it's regular, regular order. But most of what is in there will survive and it will be great. And so it helped the American people. It will lower the cost of raising children in our country. Think of that overarching part of it. It's about the children. It's about their parents. If you're talking climate, you're talking jobs and children. If you're talking the health piece of it, you're talking uh, jobs and you're talking children and their families. If you're talking care can't wait, which is the third bucket, you're talking children and their families and jobs and how we respect people who do those jobs how we uh, of home care and how we enable women and dads moms, uh, to participate in the workforce in a more meaningful way. Wow, so many lies. We'll do talk therapy again next week. Until then, cheers and blessings. Mm-hmm.